What is up, everybody? Welcome to the College Football Betting Breakdown. I'm your host, Head Chopper. And uh, every week, me and Micah Dardog is going to come out here and break down five games here that are probably the most nationally sought, uh, thought of games that week. And we'll give, give you our best our best uh, impressions of those games and, and pick some games for you at the end. But uh, so, Micah, it's going to be a long season. We're now in week one. How you doing, man? Yeah, Chop, I'm doing good, man. Um, just uh, excited. Uh, week zero was a little taste, but now you get, you know, games on games Thursday all the way through, uh, shoot, Monday this week. So should be a good one. Um, and, yeah, week one's always got some some lines that just don't make sense. And then you get overreaction lines in week two. So excited to get after it. Yeah, special week because you get uh... – it's usually it usually falls on Labor Day weekend, and then and we get some extra days of football, and we'll cover one of the better games on the weekend on Sunday. So let's just get on into it, man. Uh, you know, you get a week like week one, week one, and week two, even week zero, is not a lot of marquee matchups. It's a lot of big schools trying to get it basically preseason and trying to go after some weaker competition. So. It's, t- it's slim pickings for like marquee games this weekend. So we did the best we could. <clears throat> We're going to start off with a Thursday night game, Florida and Utah. Uh, right now, I tell you what, I'm, I got it pulled up in uh, scores and odds. If you if you can look at it, boy, you'll see this dramatic line movement in this game since when it opened. Right now, Utah's minus four and a half, 44 and a half is our total. I think opened up at nine. It opened up at nine because Utah is the better team, but possibly and probably missing their QB and their star tight end. Now, when I say star tight end, let's, to be honest with you, if uh, if Brandon Keith, Kuth, however they want to pronounce it, if that guy doesn't get hurt last year, we probably never even hear from Dalton Kincaid, who ended up being a first-round draft pick. He's really good. And, of course, Cam Rising, the quarterback, is really good. What's your initial thoughts on this game here at 4.5 and 44.5? And yeah, that line movement kind of tells you that Cam Rising isn't going to play. Like, I doubt Utah. I don't know. I've seen back and forth. I haven't seen, like, a confirmation Rising's going to be out. But when this line moves by three points, you got to think that accounts for something. Um, man, I think the bigger thing here is that this Florida offense, like, are they – you know, Anthony Richardson's gone. Um, you got Graham Mertz, depending on if you think he's actually good. He was in a, you know, lack of a better word, terrible offensive system for a quarterback at Wisconsin – He'll get his chance to show his stuff. Man, but this Utah defense, it, what does it do well? It defends the run. Uh, Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne are, are, you know, are two good running backs. I just don't see Florida scoring the ball a lot here, you know. Um, I, I think especially Utah coming out, if they do have a backup quarterback, I'm less worried about them because, like, I not that Cam Rising's not good, but I feel like, A, they've been preparing to not play with him or Cam Rising. I mean, who knows? He might play. It's college football. You never know what's going to happen. So, uh, I like Utah a little bit in this game. They're at home. Florida come on the road. A lot of question marks on offense. I think Utah just imposes their will um, on anybody they play. They play their style of play. So I, I lean Utah a bit here. All right. I kind of uh, I kind of agree on a lot of those points. And uh, I, to be frank, I, I was one of the early adapters here, I guess. I got Florida a while back at plus seven and a half. I feel pretty good about that. I'm not going to double dip on that one and give you that one. But I, I think some of the all the things you say are very very valid points. It's Florida has always been a pretty bland offense. Now I think 
I think that we could get some Graham Mertz could be he's going to look a lot better than he did at Wisconsin. Almost impossible yeah. to look as bad. I think he helps them a little bit, but is it enough to really move the ball up and down the field? I doubt it. And Utah is going to be hamstrung with these injuries. Uh, but I'm not going to take Utah here, and I've already got Florida uh, with the plus seven and a half. So I'm going to go with I'm going to say the under here would be my lean, and we're going to give you guys some like our rock solid plays here at the end of the game. But right now, my lean on this game is under. I think this is a just a Thursday night game. It's going to be one of the bigger ones on the weekend, believe it or not. That's how kind of lackluster this weekend is. But I think it's going to be very interesting. Let's talk about another game now. Now we're going to get to Saturday, and it's going to get a little bit. Like I said, it's a little bit more difficult on picking out these games now. So we're going to go to the uh, North Carolina game is the next one on the board. It's North Carolina, South Carolina. The line right now, North Carolina minus two and a half. 64 and a half is our total. I'll start off. I'll start us off on this one. This is another one. I was looking back at my, my bets sheet, if you will, uh, I took this game in, I think it was July, or the first week of July. I jumped on this game. So it'll be it'll be one of my games at the end I give you. But uh, just a quick breakdown here as we're talking about a North Carolina team that's returning. Both these teams are returning really good quarterbacks. Spencer Rattler, for as bad as he looked for most of the year last year, boy, he caught fire down the stretch. And he looked really, really good. And Drake May is on the opposite end of this game, and he is a Heisman candidate. He's a really good quarterback. When he comes out, he's probably – I would imagine – I'm not like a draft expert, but I got to be – I got to imagine he's going to be a projected maybe top five pick, maybe maybe number one overall. He's got, he's got some skills to his game. Both these defenses were not great last year. These offenses were pretty good, especially South Carolina down the stretch. Yeah, I think this game has shootout potential here in a big way. And I want to talk, I want to ask your opinion too when it comes to you. Uh, what did you see in week zero uh with the with the new rules? The clock keeps running on first down. Uh it felt like it felt like a lot of those games were dragging on, but of course it could have just been the competition. It could have just been the the matchups and the way they were. So uh I come I'm leaning towards the over in this game. I'm definitely leaning towards the over in this game, but uh, I am a little worried. I'm a little worried about the running clock and and maybe some other things here. But what's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, you you didn't. I didn't like go out of my way to notice it in the week zero. But like you said, it was kind of weird because it wasn't any high tempo game. Like I think you could with the clock rules. Like if you're just going down the field methodically, I mean that that clock is going to run. So I agree with you. I haven't seen any like data yet on week zero if you know those unders i know i had the under in uh new mexico state and uh umass and they scored like 44 points in the fourth quarter so that was a nice way to lose that one but um yeah we'll have to see i agree both these quarterbacks are pretty good you know spencer rattler rebounded really well from just getting exiled out of oklahoma um when caleb williams took his spot there uh drake may you know he is what he is you know he's one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the country the, the one thing that worries me a little bit in this game from the clock, which you mentioned, but also they lost a lot of skill players. Like you think about South Carolina, uh, you know, they lose Jaheim Bell, they lose Marshawn Lloyd, North Carolina loses Antoine Green, Josh Downs, uh, got a new running back. So I am a little bit worried about the, most of these systems should be enough to still score points, but you don't have those mainstays that you do 
um, at least on the North Carolina side. So I think it should be a good one up and down. And I think this is going to be one of those games, like you mentioned about, when we do watch it play out, we'll see, hey, look, is that running clock on first downs going to, hey, affect that? This line came all the way down, like you saw it opened at 70 and a half. Now it's at 64 and a half. That's almost a touchdown uh, lower. So should be a good one. Like I said, not a ton of great matchups in week one, but I think this one uh, probably come down to the wire. Yeah, next game we're going to take a look at is uh, some Big 12 action here. Well, future Big 12 opponents are going to be uh, in the mix here. TCU and Colorado are going to square off. We have TCU uh, current currently minus 20 and a half. 63 and a half is our total right now. I'm going to let you lead us off on uh, Dion's debut. Yeah, I think you got to, I guess, pick a side uh, with Dion. It seems like people either love him or hate him. And, uh, you know, look, I mean, this is college football now. Like, people get mad because he, you know, made that speech and cleared everybody out. But, I mean, he had to do a rebuild. Colorado was awful last year. So he brought in all the talent. Um, I almost forgot that Alton McCaskill um, is coming in a running back here. I don't know if we've seen um, if he's for sure going to play or not. But, man, TCU is one of the luckiest teams in the country last year. Like, they were good, don't get me wrong, but they just had – you know, one of those Cinderella season, everything worked out for them, and then they got smashed by Georgia in the national championship game. Uh, they lost a lot. Same thing I talked about in North Carolina. You lose Quentin Johnson, you lose Max, Max Duggan, you lose Kendra Miller. Um, I just think this line is too big. I mean, Colorado, you know, Shadir Sanders is that quarterback, Deion Sun. Um, they do have some playmakers on the outside, Travis Hunter. Um, man, I, I, I think Colorado get, keeps this, you know, they're, they're a little weak on both fronts. But, um, man, I just think that number's too big. I mean, Colorado was awful last year, but they have a ton of talent back. Now, it, we'll see how it meshes in week one. But, um, man, I, I think Prime gets his guys ready, especially being three touchdown dogs on the road. And uh, I'm excited at least to see his debut and see kind of what Colorado does this season for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the Dion thing. You either love him or you hate the guy. and. Quite honestly, I have no idea right now. I don't know which one. I don't know which one it is, but uh, it, it's an interesting thing he's done uh, at Colorado, or just in general with his football coaching career, where he came from a few years ago, from absolutely coming out of nowhere and building up programs with all that hype, and then when he transfers to like Colorado, was not a destination. It was not a destination school, and then the minute they signed him, boy, they got a record number of transfer portal. Uh, influx player so uh, I'm interested to see what he does here the 20 and a half is a is a pretty big spread I I don't think I could go with TCU with that big of a spread but I still have a a lot of issues uh, a lot of worry about Colorado on both sides of the ball the 63 and a half kind of stands out to me uh, my lean right now is on the under just because you know TCU mission last year lucky they were also all the skill players you mentioned that they're missing uh, from that went off to the NFL and aren't there this year. They played a lot of slower tempo games last year than what you would have thought. Uh, you know, you think about those big those big names and 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 Miller's with New Orleans now and Quinn Johnson's with San Diego and all that or Los Angeles, whatever it is. And you know they didn't play a lot of shootouts. They got into a lot of slugfests, and I think I think we could be looking at something like that again this week. I can't touch a side here, but I can touch a total. I'm gonna lean towards the under, and maybe that'll make it into my top three here at the end. But 
Next game on the board, we're going to go like like I said, we're struggling, man. Well, we're struggling with like marquee games, but this is one of the ones that it's a tighter spread uh, on the week. It's a uh, it was a uh, one of the more entertaining games last year in week one when it was uh, in San Antonio. So we decided to go ahead and feature it here this week. It's UTSA against Houston. Here's some line movement for you. Right now we're sitting at UTSA minus one and a half, 59 and a half as a total. And uh, that thing opened up Houston minus two and a half a while back. 65 was it open in total. So it's definitely swinging a certain direction here. Uh, my initial thoughts on this game, I'll get us cranked up. But so like I'm a Houston aficionado, man. This is, I, I got all this. I got all the training camp details. I know exactly what's happening with this team. And I understand the line movement and it's probably based on the fact that they lost Clayton Toon, who's going to be maybe an opening day starter in the NFL this this week or next week. And they lost Tank Dell, who's going to be a starter at wide receiver for the Houston Texans. That's a lot of firepower to lose on your offense on a team that probably wasn't really that good anyway. And so I think people are uh, taking that into account a little bit too much, but um, that's that kind of that's where the line movement goes. And then UTSA is on the other side there with, and I'm not exaggerating, his seventh season in college football, Frank Harris, seven seasons. So they've got the experience at quarterback, and they've got some playmakers out there where I think DeCorian Clark is a question mark this week. Uh, I, you know, digging into their depth chart. I know Houston kind of wants to run the ball here and uh, looking at their offensive line. I, I think they're going to be have some success, but I was looking for like this big advantage on UTSA, like in the trenches, to be honest with you, UTSA is just as big up front as Houston is. They have some size up there. They, they've, they've done a really good job of building out that program. So I think it's going to be a fun, interesting game. Houston is uh, Donovan Smith's going to be the starting quarterback. I think the receiving core is going to be deep. You're missing Tank Dell, but Matthew Golden will be okay. And Sam Brown is a nice player. And one guy you got to watch out for this year is Joseph Manjack. He might not come off the field very much. He's really good. Uh, he's just a, like a quarterback's friend, you know, So in the slot. So I think they'll be able to make up for the loss of Toon and Dell. I think they'll be all right. Am I lean right now? I'm going to lean Houston, but I'd like to hear your opinion on this game. Man, like you said, you've got all the Houston Houston insights, so I don't need to break down much more on, on that piece. I do think, um, and, and it's funny, you're in San Antonio now. I'm actually in Houston, so um, I always say I need to get out to TDECU, watch a game out there. But um, it, it should be a good one. I think this all comes down um, to Donovan, Donovan Smith at quarterback. Like, never really got a shot at Texas Tech. They rotated all the time. So I think this really comes down to him, um, you know, getting the – being the signal caller full-time for Houston now um, and, and what Dana kind of wants to do on offense. Like I was going to say the same thing about Frank Harris. It seems like he has been at UTSA forever because he has. Uh, but, yeah, this should be a pretty competitive game. I remember last year someone was reminding us in the Discord um, on Roto-Grinders just about this game was kind of a dud until it went into two overtimes last year, and then it kind of shot out. So um, I do, yeah, with this one being close to a 60-point total, and I think um, you might have said that Houston might want to try and run the ball a little bit more this year. Um, I almost lean that under a little bit just because Houston might try to keep UTSA off the field. We'll see, but nothing really strong in this game. I think it's the closest, one of the closest spreads of the of the weekend, so hopefully, hopefully it's a good one here in Houston. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I was eyeballing the uh, the old calendar, and 
I'm thinking. I'm thinking I might I might have to make that drive from San Antonio to Houston on a Thursday night against West Virginia. I believe it's October 12th, a little 6, 6, 6.30 kickoff game in there at TDC. So I don't know, man. We'll see how it plays out, but uh, that, that does sound fun. So let's get into the uh, last game we're going to talk about uh, for this uh, particular betting thing. It, this is a Sunday game. We're going to get that that uh, nice no, – no NFL on Sunday, so uh, they're going to have some college football. And this is probably – the best game of the week. It's LSU. It's Florida State. Uh, let me pull it up on the scores and odds here and see if we can get a line on that. Yeah, here we go. We got uh, LSU minus two and a half right now, 55 and a half. Look at that. Number five in the country, number eight in the country, squaring off in week one. Somebody's heart's going to get broken real quick and might get put out of that national playoff picture already. You never know how it's going to play out, but I think this is going to be a very interesting game. I'm going to let you uh, crank us up here, but there's a lot of talent on these teams, man. Yeah, we talked about teams losing offensive firepower earlier in the season. I, I think you can make the argument that both these teams gain firepower. I mean, Keyshawn Booty leaves, but Malik Neighbors was LSU's best receiver last year. You got Brian Thomas and Kyron Lacey, who I think are really good as well. And Jane Daniels returns. He's a Heisman Trophy uh, candidate coming in. Um, and their offensive line, I mean, they have – you know, over 100-plus starts, I think, total. They've got a lot of depth there. Um, the one big thing for LSU is Mason Smith isn't going to play here. Uh, actually went to my alma mater, shout-out Terrebonne High, uh, but he's going to miss for some NIL stuff that happened last year. But anyways, so he's going to be out here, missed all last season. That's a big loss on the defensive line. I mean, he's a he's a really good tackle. He's going to play in the NFL. Um, and then LSU's a little weak at corner as well. I mean, they just have a bunch of FC, uh, FCS transfer, one from Syracuse. So usually the secondary is LSU's key, but I think they might be a little bit vulnerable. Florida State, once again, I mean, they they loaded up. They still got the two-headed monster, Trey Benson, Toa Feely. Jordan Travis is another Heisman candidate. Jaheim Bell, I mean, from South Carolina, they can put him anywhere on the field, and he's a dangerous uh, weapon. Um, got Keon Coleman from Florida State, uh, Johnny Wilson. So, like, this team is loaded. And so I like the over in this one. I think if I had to lean one way, 55 and a half, both defenses a little bit of question marks. Um, but I'm hoping this is a this is a shootout in Orlando and uh, Mason Smith being out, like I said, is going to leave LSU a little bit vulnerable in the trenches. And this is not a team that you want, don't want to because you don't want Trey Benson coming downhill on you. So um, obviously, I hope my Tigers pull this one out. But like you said, you can be dead on arrival if you're trying to get in the playoff um, losing this game. But winning this game gives you a big heads up, especially LSU. You know, ACC, Florida State can, you know, probably afford a loss. But LSU gets a loss here. It's going to be tough to like go undefeated in the SEC, as everybody knows. So um, definitely a put-up for sh- or shut-up game, game for LSU, not necessarily on the road, but, I mean, they're playing in Orlando. So it's a pseudo-road game. Uh, last year lost in New Orleans in the Superdome. They, they definitely need a win here to, to kick things off. Yeah, definitely a great matchup. Uh, agree with those points. These, these teams went out, especially Florida State, in the transfer portal and – Whatever NIL fund they got going, and I've I've seen some stories out there. They definitely paying paying off, man, because uh, they're they're pulling in some big time talent, and it's going to be a good game. And they were just such a surprise last year, uh, but now the target's kind of on their back. And how are they going to react to that? I mean, I think Jordan Travis was great at times last year for most of last year, but up until last year, like I hadn't caught this from him that he was this good. So I, I worry about a little bit of regression for him. And I don't know. 
And with that, uh, he's a runner anyway. He's not a great passer. He's a runner. You mentioned Trey Benson. They got a great running attack. LSU can grind it down on anybody. I'm kind of leaning the opposite way. I'm kind of leaning the under here, you know, and thinking it's a big number and let's keep the clock rolling a little bit extra in this game. And uh, I forget what it was last year. It was. It ended up being a high score because I think – Went to those, overtime, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, and they caught fire at the end of that game. And But I think uh, maybe we get a little grind out here. But let's get to some best bets and see if we can uh, piece something together. So we'll kind of keep track of it here and see, and see how it goes. I'm going to let you kick us off with, with your three favorite out of the stuff we talked about. What's your three favorite bets this weekend on those marquee games? And I'll, I'll, I'll... Yeah, so for me, I'll go with uh, – to start out with UNC minus two and a half. Um, I think that, uh, once again, we didn't even talk about any really betting trends behind it, but I think right now they're getting 55% of the bets but 75% of the money. So I always like to look at that trend. And so I'll go with UNC um, just – Best player on the field, Drake May. Uh, so I'll go with them uh, beating South Carolina in that one. Then I'll go – call. I mentioned a little bit, Colorado plus 20 and a half. Um, you know, that kind of scares me because it's right on the three-touchdown mark. But once again, I think Colorado doesn't keep this competitive. But it wouldn't be crazy to see this game come down to one of the final possessions, I don't think. It's either going to go really good or really bad, I think, for Colorado. So I'll, I'll trust that. That's just too big of a number with all TCU lost. And uh, I'll go with a letdown spot for them at, at home. And then uh, we talked about it might be on opposite sides, but I'll go with LSU and Florida State over 55 and a half. Um, I, like I said, I think both these teams, uh, I could definitely see um, your side of that as well. Um, if LSU does try to keep the ball away from Florida State, but I could also see a couple big plays from either side and then, you know, hopefully a, a shootout back and forth. So, and 55 and a half, you think about maybe a 31-28 game, that one still gets you there. So um, I'll, I'll go with those those three as my bets, best bets this week. I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm going over on the South Carolina, North Carolina game. It just, I like good quarterback play. These, these, both these teams have good quarterbacks. And if their defenses did not improve from last year, they were both pretty darn dreadful. That's what I'm banking on. So uh, I'm going over on North Carolina, South Carolina. I'm going under on Colorado TCU. Uh, I just don't know that Colorado is going to have that much offense. I just don't know that they're going to have that much offense against TCU's bringing back. They lost a lot on offense, but they're bringing back a, a pretty handful, a handful of pretty darn good guys on defense. Uh, and I don't think TCU is going to be as explosive as last year. And they weren't even that explosive last year if it, and if it weren't for Keandre Miller and, and Quinn Johnson. So I'm going under on Colorado TCU and I'm taking Houston. Boy, everybody's on this UTSA thing. They done swung to a one and a half point favorite. Uh, when Houston opened up as the favorite, everybody's uh, kind of down on the the Tundell leaving. But as a complete roster, this team is better than last year based on the fact that they're headed into the Big 12. They got a lot of guys coming in that was in this offseason specifically designed to play in the Big 12. That's through the transfer portal. They went out and got guys who are Big 12 ready. So, yeah, they don't have those two stars, but – Generally, that roster is just a little bit better. So I think they're just going to overpower. And I, yeah, I'm with you on the, you mentioned the running game. I think they're going to run the ball. I think, I think Hogerson wants to run the ball this year a lot more than people think. They brought in a new offensive line coach, got rid of the old guy who was really good. 
brought the guy in from Tulane, made him a co-offensive coordinator in charge of the run game. I get all signs to me point towards Houston wanting to uh, unleash three running backs and just grind this thing out. So I'm going, I'm going Houston there. But that's it, guys. Those are three bets from Micah, three bets from me. We'll see how they pan out. That's our, our college football betting breakdown for week one. We will be back every week around this time to get you caught up on all, all the things we see. So until next week, that was my guy, was your host, Chop, and we're out of here.